we have a responsibility to get the work to the streets. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome into another edition of the Extra Mile podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Digital Media Manager Paul Katul. As always, I'm joined by my co host, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs here at the agency. And, you know, we're going Egg Bowl theme. Last week, we were in Oxford to talk to Mayor Robin Tannehill. And uh, this week, we're in the beautiful city of Starkville to talk to Mayor Lynn Sproul. Um, uh, Mayor, we really appreciate you hosting us here in your, in your great city. Well, I appreciate being asked to be here. Uh, Robin is one of my favorite people, and so it's nice to know that y'all visited with her first, and I'll try to be kind to her. I hope she's <laughs> kind to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So you've got one of the coolest resumes, I think, out of anybody we've interviewed. Lots of different experiences. So can you kind of talk about that and then talk about why you decided to run for mayor of Starkville? Sure. Well, I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, I think, if the, if the truth be told. But, you know, I grew up here, so I'm a Starkville native. I went to Mississippi State as well, you know, graduated uh, from here with a BS, and then decided I wanted to go to law school or else go in the Navy. And so, uh, you know, some things you can do at the time and some things you can delay. And going in the Navy was something I couldn't, couldn't delay because it wouldn't, wouldn't happen for me again. So I, I chose that path. It's always nice to have a backup plan. But I chose that path, and I went in the Navy for six years and flew airplanes for them and uh, enjoyed that. It was an experimental program, which made it really interesting. They didn't have any accommodations for women at the time uh, in the aviation program. Wow. And so uh, that tells you how long ago it was. It was <laughs> It was really, really long ago. Um, Admiral Zumwalt, interestingly enough, was the admiral at the time, and he was trying to do new things and be flexible with the uh, ideas and concepts of the military. And so he, see, he sought a program to allow women to fly. And so I went through that program and was very fortunate, had, got based in great places and flew fun airplanes and, and just had a, a wonderful time. And, and actually, it was really important because it formed, for me, it formed an opportunity to learn about public service sure. and so after that uh, when I left the Navy I had a sort of a loss of of that sense of serving a common good or a greater good and so that was kind of how I got involved in government and politics it was just trying to be a part of a community in a way that was positive and contributed um, in in sort of a productive kind of way so I did that um, and for six years I, I was in the Navy I left the Navy out of uh, Norfolk Virginia I was served in the Philippines and uh, Hawaii and then went to Norfolk and served out the remainder of my uh, tour there and then I got hired I wanted to be hired by the airline and so again I have to I have to go back you know a hundred years <laughs> and boy back then you you had to be um, 30 31 32 uh, or they wouldn't hire you in an airline. Now, that didn't happen anymore because you've got the Age Discrimination Act. But at the time, that was not in effect. So you either got hired by an airline at, at a, you know early age of 30, um, or you didn't get hired by them at all. And so in order to do that, I had to get out of the Navy and then uh, work on getting hired by the airline. But unfortunately, they quit hiring about the time I got out. And so I flew for Atlantic Richfield oil company okay. for five years and that was kind of fun because I went to places like Dead Horse Alaska and uh, you know flew into the ranch of the guy who owned the 
the CEO who owned the place out in New Mexico, and that was really interesting because oh, wow. it That's was cool. one way in and the same way back out again, <laughs> which yeah. is through the mountains and over the woods and, you know, through the trails. So it was fun, fun flying, you know, very exciting kind of flying. And then uh, I was very grateful when Delta started back up again and I got hired by Delta because I'm a Southern girl, you know, and Delta's right. right here. They started in the Delta and that's how they got their name. And so I was really excited to be a part of uh, that community. And I flew there for 19 years, almost 20 years. Of course, during that time, we had 9-11. And so that changed dramatically how the uh, airlines operated and how we operated um, as pilots. Sure. And so the airlines ended up taking bankruptcy. And so Delta had, uh, was reaching that point, and so they offered an early retirement. And at that time also, you had to retire by the age of 60. And so I was yeah. approaching that, and you know, the calculation at the time was a financial calculation. Um, and so I decided that retirement was the option for that. So I, re I retired from Delta uh, late 2004, almost 2005, and moved back to Starkville, which is, again, where I was from and where I had business interests here. But uh, the, the aviation field was my love, and, you know, it's still to this day I see contrails, and I know pretty much which um, nav aid they're flying over and where they're, you know, where they're headed. So it's That's awesome. one of those one of those losses that you have, you know, the, you're so grateful to have had a chance to do it, but you also miss it because that was just a wonderful sure. way to earn a living. So that's really cool. It was fun. And just to highlight one point, I mean, you alluded to this, but you were the first first woman in the history of the Navy to qualify as a carrier pilot. That's yes, right. I was. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And well, then Top Gun coming out now makes it fun, right? To, to relive that. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. And then even you talked about getting into uh, the government. You know, this is actually your second time being a mayor, right? It is. It is. That's incredible. My first time was in. Madison, Texas. That's right. Um, so I had I ended up being in Dallas, based with with Delta there in Dallas. And you have a in the Navy, and I'm a big proponent of the military, y'all. So sure. from my perspective, you know, if I was king for a day or king or queen, uh, everybody would serve two years in the service okay. in some kind of way. I mean, I truly believe that either either military service or some sort of uh, governmental service. Um, because I really think it's a formative thing. It, it, it gives you that sense of participation in a, in a larger community. But anyway, I, I was missing that when I, when I you know, found myself in Dallas and not knowing anyone, also coming from a small town and being an only child, you know, no siblings and that sort of thing. So I got involved with some folks who were uh, campaigning for election. And so as happens to a lot of folks, when you get involved in a campaign, then you develop relationships. Sure. And the folks that won, my people, uh, needed people uh, to serve on a planning and zoning commission. And so that's kind of how it got started. I served for a couple of years on a planning, planning and zoning commission. And if you want the really interesting down and dirty of it, um, the backstory, uh, I was supposed to be reappointed to the planning and zoning commission uh, on the night that they appointed me to fill out the term of a councilman ah. who killed himself. Oh, wow because he had terminal cancer. He was an MD, okay. he had terminal cancer, and he knew kind of the prognosis, and he chose to do what he chose to do, sure. and they had to fill that seat. And so they, I was selected to fill that seat. So then you so, moved into the city council. So I moved into the city council role instead of PNZ and served out a, the remainder of his term, and then I ran in my own right and served out that term. And then if you really want to get ironic and have some strange <laughs> stories that go with it, I was the mayor pro tem. Oh, wow. And I had just signed up to run for re-election again as a city council member. And I was sitting in the city manager's office, and the city manager got a call from the police chief who said he'd just gotten a call from the mayor. 
who also took his own life. Oh my goodness. It was during a, a really tough time. Um, the SNL scandals and all kinds of things were going on. Okay. It, was, it was a tough time. And so I served out the remainder of his term as mayor. I was appointed mayor. Unlike Mississippi, you would have to hold a special election. Right. In, in Texas, you can choose either to hold a special election depending on the time remaining, or you can appoint someone to fill out that term. And so I filled out that term and then ran again for that seat. So mm -hmm. it was a it. confluence of really strange and odd and heartbreaking events, but you know, it sort of precipitated me into those roles that, that I hadn't anticipated. That's very interesting, yeah. though, that chain of events that, you know, ultimately took, uh, was totally out of your hands, yes. you know, a lot life, of those things. Life does strange things. That to is you. interesting. You, know, you, you either choose to, you know, and I hate to say take advantage of it, but it's kind of like you, you know, windows open, doors close, and, sure. and you choose to uh, go through them. So <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Right. Fascinating career path. It, it is. And it was certainly not a trajectory that I had imagined because I was just, you know, flying airplanes. <laughs> sure. So, MDOT Podcast, we want to touch on some MDOT projects that are either sure. going on in the city or kind of on, on the docket in the future. So, yeah, do you have uh, any information for us on oh, that? Oh, gosh. MDOT has been a wonderful partner with us. We are really uh, so grateful. Um, dating way back, you know, um, Mike Taggart was the Northern District Commissioner prior to Commissioner uh, Caldwell. And so we have enjoyed working with both of them and, and had multiple projects that have made a huge difference in the city of Starkville. Uh, one in particular was the Highway 12 project that um, we were working with them on. It was actually my predecessor, Mayor Wiseman, started that project, but I came in sort of in the middle of it and got labeled with it, if you will. It was <laughs> it is still controversial to some of those folks who've lived here for a very long time because they hate the medians. You know, everybody wants to go uh. cutting across and uh, that was one of those things that you just, you know, it's a safety issue. The, the reduction in fatalities and injuries and accidents was about, you know, like 30%. And then you just can't fight the numbers oh, wow. on that sort of thing. So it is so much better. It's actually more beautiful, too, because one of the things we chose to do is rather than having concrete medians, uh, while we were in preparation for that, um, they were very kind to run let us run irrigation under there and then plant. And so we planted um, trees that would work for medians in a high traffic area, and it really improves the look of Highway 12. It improves the look of Startwell. And I think beautification is incredibly important in who you are and how you present yourself to people who are coming into town. And people come in, you know, as tourists, people come in as alumni, people come in to live, and, and your first impression is always the one that you want to be the best if you can. So MDOT's been wonderful for that. Highway 12 is that. Then we have the North Star Industrial Park, where MDOT partnered with us for the, uh, for the um, lead-in to the entry to that. Um, we've got Highway 182, which y'all partnered with us on ages ago. You're currently helping us work through the build grant for Highway 182, which is to really improve it in ways that could increase pedestrian access, bicycling, again, uh, beautification elements, and it's a huge economic development project. Yes. You worked with us on, on Russell Street. You're working with us on a TAP grant that's associated with uh, Spring Street. Uh, we're partnering with MSU and the county on other projects that we've had before, Lynn Lane Project, and um, there was a, I can't remember, the Linkages Project, and now we've got one that's going down 182 with the county, I mean, sorry, with the MSU that we're partnering on in order to increase the pedestrian and bike path areas for the, for the college town. And, and if you, you know, 
pedestrian and biking is really a big deal, sure. particularly for a college town, you know, alternative methods of transportation. And MDOT's been wonderful to work with us on that. And so we're really excited that that uh, continues to be a program that we can partner with y'all on because it just makes a huge difference in our community. Quality of life is what draws people to a community to, to live. And, and to stay and to feel like it's home. And that includes particularly a college town where the kids want to use those alternative transportation methods. And so, you know, you've got not just the alumni and not just the staff, but you've got the kids. And, and if we don't attract them and make it a place where they want to be, then, you know, the college town is not what it could be. So we think it's incredibly important. And MDOT has participated in ways that we cannot uh, say enough thank yous for well, we certainly That's appreciate awesome. that well it's just true and you Dave you just alluded to this my next question here kind of in your in your conversation right there I mean you're talking about build grants talking about working with the, the city and the county working with the university there's so many facets right that come into the partnerships and especially when you're talking about economic development right oh yeah I mean just the, the, the level of work across I mean the MDOT projects um it, it, probably none of these things happen without those partnerships, right? I mean, it, it takes oh, they, the they team don't. Absolutely. We couldn't afford to do those projects, those TAP grants, those bill grants, without that participation because when you partner with it and, and the grant is an 80-20 match, and, you know, a city, while the university, I think, has got a lot more money than we do, <laughs> the city is is certainly strained for, for um, our funding, and we want to be very um, cautious with our taxpayer dollars so an 80 20 match means that we can take that 20 and split it with the university so it ends oh, yeah. up being a 10 match for us or if we split it with the county and the university then you've got the the three-way division of that 20 percent which really makes a huge difference in whether or not you can afford something and it then also makes a dramatic difference in uh and how people feel about the areas that we've been sure. able to do this in sure yeah when you kind of have that vote of support from those other counterparts absolutely yeah yeah for sure so I, in full disclosure, I went to Ole Miss in Oxford, Oxford boy, but I've <laughs> never, to, I've had more this way than I do. <laughs> no, no. I've always had a great time in Starkville. Lots well, of friends good. here and I've always enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, over the years, I've noticed a lot of explosion of growth. Our, our uh, media, our producer, Drew, says that it changes every time he comes here. So can you kind of talk about what it's taken to, you know, move things along in Starkville and accomplish some of your goals here? Um, well, it, perseverance always helps. Uh, money helps, but it also you have to be you have to really acknowledge what has made the difference. Um, we've started looking at uh, development and how we treat the Cotton District, for example, and mixed use development, where you bring in the businesses as well as the residents, and you densify areas that are that are urban areas that create that opportunity to use, for example, the smart transportation bus sure. that MSU ha has, um, and then our bike paths and our walking walking paths and that sort of thing. But the economic development really for us, we boomed, literally we boomed or began that process when we uh, had the winning season. The winning football season in 2013-14 oh, wow. when DAC was, you know, oh, yeah. we were number one for, for what, two weeks in a row, which I don't know the state has ever been, certainly not for the football program. I mean, I grew up when we were expecting to lose but just enjoying the moment you know <laughs> it, I mean it's just true you know and so um, now we expect to win and we know what it feels like and we want to do more of it and so you've got this huge influx of alumni coming in coming back buying second homes and another interesting facet that I have learned is that contrary to when I was growing up 
um, parents are now following children to college. Hmm. You know, I would have killed my parents if they followed <laughs> sure. me to college yeah. Yeah. back then. But now it seems to be something that's, you know, part of an expectation and hmm. part of what happens. So the parents will come in, they'll buy a second home. Sometimes the, the student will live in it. Um, and sometimes not. Sometimes they'll have a, a, an apartment and the parents will also have a have a, a condominium here. So Smart. we've seen a huge growth in that way. It's been really exciting and, and it's allowed us to develop in ways that creates that additional restaurant and uh, activities for events and that sort of thing. So we're really excited about it. Amazing. A lot goes into it. Uh, a little bit of a, a topic I know that you're very familiar with, but it's always interesting the different kind of places we're at. You guys have a dramatic uh, game day traffic going on, right? Yes, we do. Just cars moving everywhere. Yeah. How, how much do you know off the top of your head? And sorry for putting on spot. What that population change is on game day? I mean, I would obviously think it's, it's an estimate, but it's like it goes from you know the twenty five the twenty five thousand plus twenty thousand of the students to you know another twenty thirty thousand coming right, into yeah. town. It's yeah. crazy. Absolutely. And I'm a big Twitter fan, so you okay. know I'm I'm on Twitter and I'm getting all the tweets that are you know blaming me for the traffic, blaming <laughs> me for the signalization. And so I'm going, well, actually, you know, the timing belongs to MDOT. You know, the lights and that sort of thing belong to belong to us. But the timing belongs to, to MDOT. And game day traffic belongs to all of us because, oh, sure. you know, our guys, our police officers, bless their hearts, they, you know, they're standing right. at those intersections and guiding that traffic. And, you know, those traffic plans and all of, all of that that goes with it is it's a tough it's a tough gig, but they've been really wonderful about it. And, and I think it, we've improved and you improve, you know, the more you do something, the better you get at it, sure. but we've changed, you know, the, the roots have changed and, and we try to get that information out. So, you know, you're just trying to make it the best you can, but patience is always a good thing. You know, That's right. if you're there with 60,000 people, you really don't expect to leave and be home in 10 minutes. No, I think, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we're very fortunate here in Mississippi. I mean, when I, when I, gr I grew up in Mendenhall, uh, Simpson County there, I mean, pretty much anywhere that I needed to get within the county, I could get there in five or ten minutes. Mm -hmm. But now we didn't have a three or four times traffic explosion once a week, you know. And I, I think a lot of times that gets lost on what that really looks like and how difficult it is to navigate. You know, like you just said, patience is the key. Well, right? it is. And, and I look at it, you know, when I see people coming into town and our streets are full, I'm a happy camper. There because that means we're talking sales tax, we're talking activities, That's our right. restaurants are happy, our businesses are happy. It's a it's an environment that just is exciting, and I and oh, yeah. I love it. So the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. That's right. That's exactly right. Can you touch on public transit a little bit? Is it smart? It's the, the public smart transit. Bus. Yes, it is. The Startville area, Startville MSU area rapid transit, which I thought was so cool because then you got a university and it says smart. So I mean, I just thought that was a wonderful play on that words. Was pretty good. When I was flying, I used to see Bart and Marta. And so when we started putting together what we were going to do this, I was on the, you know, kind of on the committee of how we were going to do this. And, and SMART just came up as being a great idea, so I still think it's cool. But, but, you know, M MDOT uh, participates, obviously, in, in that as well, just in terms of being able to coordinate that. But SMART's a wonderful um, uh, addition to our community. It's very helpful. Uh, it's coordinated and managed through uh, a super guy, Jeremiah Dumas, who actually used to be an alderman. On the board of okay. uh, on the board for the city back in uh, 2009 to 13. No, that's not right. Uh, five to nine, I guess, was his term. Well, anyway, nine to thirteen. That's what it was. <laughs> they all starting to blend together. Of course, I was the <laughs> chief administrative officer at that time and not the mayor. So you know, they, they kind of blend together. But we had Mayor Dan Camp, and then we had Parker Wiseman for two 
two terms, and I think Jeremiah was in Parker's first term. Okay. But anyway, Jeremiah is the head of the transportation for MSU, and he's remarkable. He's really good to work with us, and, and we've worked with him on setting up bus stops and, and where those routes go, and uh, we just contributed to their budget, which is, uh, you know, we, we've upped our, our ante to that. We went started at 50000 We now gave them 75000 in this budget year. But it really is a huge benefit to our community because they serve a lot of low to moderate income areas, sure. and it's a free ride. You know, there's no payment that's associated with it. So it's just really a, awesome. a marvelous thing for our entire community. So I'm really, really pleased that he continues to do such a good job for us. That's awesome. And public transit continues to kind of be at the forefront of the conversation moving, you know, these days. It's, it seems like it's come back up almost. Well, you used to hear the whole business about empty buses, but the reality is it does serve a community. And it also adds to our economic development opportunities because anytime you've got a business coming into town, they're going to want to know how they're, how they're, uh, employees are going to get around that's true. and so that's that's a big benefit i never even thought about that yeah, yeah absolutely sure. well uh kind of keep it in the same line of thought big events going on all the time in starkville this will actually be released on october 24th so we're uh we're about 10 days nine days out from when this this recording will go live but Big events coming up, big events going on right now between now and kind of the Oh, we always have big events. We're right? trying, trying our best to, to, you know, fill every weekend as far as right? I'm concerned. Um, well, we've got, we've got Pumpkin Palooza. So you've got, you've got all uh, the Halloween stuff going oh, on. Yeah. So we've got Pumpkin Palooza. We shut down Main Street, and, you know, you've got all the Halloweens and the candy and the spooks and the the goblins and the ghosts That's and, right. and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. Um, kids come out in, in droves. Um, sure. So we've just got, you know, that's the that kind of thing. You Then you've got a Christmas parade that comes up the, you know, the whatever's the first Monday after Thanksgiving. you got Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just always something going on, and that's what we want to do. We want to have people in town. Then you've got, of course, all the home games, so I don't even have to talk about those. Right, got a big one this yeah. weekend, I think. Well, yeah. not here. It's there in Kentucky. Oh, it's there in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, was, yeah we had three in a row this past time, and we won them. Thank that's you very right. much. Uh, not to, you know, not to brag about it or anything, but well, it's really so cool so far. Like, I have anything to do with it. Like, <laughs> I just sit back and smile and, you know, go, yes, <laughs> this is great. You know, a winning season is a big deal for economic development. It's a big deal for people wanting to come into town, and that still remains the case. So, you know, I'm very hopeful that uh, all things will come our way as it relates to wins, and we can hold our head high and do it again next year. So, uh, but we're, we're struggling. Uh, I say struggling. We want to make sure that we keep people in town. So, you know, one of the things we did was we um, have a sports tournament facility that's supposed to open next year, maybe uh, March, and that hopefully will keep us busy on the weekends okay. that, where we don't have ball games and the students are out of town you know in the summers we'll have baseball and softball tournaments and that sort of thing so oh, yeah. we're hoping for big draws i know you know that's one of the things that uh, mayor Tannehill up in oxford they've had um it was fnc park i'm not sure what they call it now but they've got the big tournament facility up there and so we went up there and learned from them what they had done because oh, wow. you know we have a huge asset mississippi state has a heck we got a a world college world series baseball team as does you know Ole miss and right. and we we need to be able to uh, capitalize on that asset you know we want the kids to come here play ball when they're kids and and look at being a bulldog you know so that's part of that uh, thought process so we want oh, those yeah. folks to be here and come back every year and come back in the summer and bring you know brothers sisters aunts uncles and all of that so we're trying to plan for the future always stuff going on in Starbucks. doing you our heard, best you heard it here first
well, I'm going to tee you up. Let's let's do the oh, question yeah. and yeah. get out of here, man. All right. Uh, so, uh, again, I mentioned this to you earlier. This is kind of one that's become a little bit of a fan favorite, so to speak. My, our, mine and Paul's mother uh, text us all the time and tell us how much they enjoy it. Absolutely. So, if they're our number one and two fans, or maybe both number one. Uh, places to eat. Good Southern folks, we like to go eat. I know that you, being the mayor, I, I completely understand you may not want to give out a favorite per se, but uh, maybe even somewhere out of Starkville or, or, or something you don't get to stop by often. We're just looking for a food shout out. Some okay, good well, I'm not going to give eat. you a shout out outside of Starkville. I can just That's tell fair. you right right now. That's fair. But we have we have such a large number of selections, and and actually we got lots of new ones. We got old ones, old old favorites. You know, you got little oh, Dewey yeah. that you always hear about oh, yeah. uh, on the SEC network. And that's, you know, that's kind of the barbecue go-to. Um, we've got Eat With Us group, which is peppers and, and uh, uh, Bulldog Burger and, and Restaurant Tyler. Um, you know, or I'm sorry, Restaurant Tyler is the Eat Local, and that's Humble Taco and, and Restaurant Tyler. We've just got them everywhere. It's so it's, It is, and it kind of depends on what you want. Walk-ons just opened, so we're really ah. excited about having them coming in. Um, you know, there's just lots of opportunities to eat and start. we got lots of Mexican. we got lots of chicken places, you know. All over the place. Love both so, of those. Well, we do. You know, it's just you you want it, we got it somewhere around town. We Bulldog got Burger has quickly become one of my favorite places. Uh, I had Bulldog hamburger. Burger earlier this week because I love a patio. I, one awesome. of my goals is to have patios just about everywhere we go because I love uh, al fresco dining. So. That little outdoor kind of seating. Yep. yep it's I, really it's nice. And in fact, that's why we're redoing Main Street is to set it up so that we've got more sidewalk space so we can have restaurants can come you know, bring the, the dining oh, wow. outside. So we've got a big Main Street project that we're doing that hopefully will be something you can see in the next two years <laughs> as we start, you know, a Athens did it. And, you know, we kind of took a page out of their book as to how you make it make it a place where people want to be and outdoor dining is part of it. So that's what we're doing. That's very cool. I yeah. love that idea. I appreciate that. We got we got like eight places to go check out today. Then. Oh, yeah. I mean. We're going to go on a, a food tour right after this. Well, good. You know, <laughs> just you can just kind of do like a passing through you know pick one and have a have a appetizer here and a, a meal there so we're just gonna get a meal else. each at each one and then we can all take a bite of them we'll split it up on <laughs> the way back go. well we got you know and we've got new pizza places we've got a we got a gelato place it's great oh, i mean we nice. really do we've got some good stuff this might break over into a two-day venture well there you go. hey do you like bananas uh, banana pudding oh absolutely there is a banana pudding gelato at this place down here by Humble Taco on University Drive, it's uh, uh, Dulce, D-O-L-C-E. They have grilled cheeses and, and uh, banana pudding gelato, and it's pretty awesome. So. I can't wait. All right. We'll put them on the list then for <laughs> sure. Well, I always enjoy visiting city halls, and this is a really cool one. Uh, Mayor Swirl, we really, really appreciate you letting us drop by and have a, have a fun conversation with you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate y'all and, and everything that MDOT does. I mean, I really want to come want y'all to come away with this, knowing how much the city of Starkville appreciates MDOT and, and all that y'all have been able to help us do. We appreciate that very much. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. So let's, uh, let's, start, let's sign off from Stark Vegas. Uh, thank <laughs> you. I love that nickname. I do, I love too. That it's nickname. one of my it's, favorites. It's great. Fabulous Stark Vegas. <laughs> Fabulous Stark Vegas. So, yeah, we, we just want to thank all of our listeners for uh, tuning into the Extra Mile podcast. Remember, you can watch and listen to episodes by visiting gomdot.com forward slash the extra mile. We want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've got it all. Well, that's about it. Thank you for joining us. And remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways. <laughs>